You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go. My man. Another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, but occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? I'm all right, dude. How you doing? I am doing well. Can't complain. Uh, yeah, not too much to report on my end. But on your end, you uh, in good hosting mode by myself here. Quick pats on the old backs for me. I have no idea slash have done no real planning for tonight's or slash day's episode, but you were the one who came with this notion, this idea, this list of players, 2018 draft picks, 2019 players. Talk to me. Give me the, give me the pitch of what we're talking about this week. What's, well, the, we're sexy, in- what's the sexy tagline we can put on to the podcast to get all them clicks? Hmm. Sexy tagline, <laughs> something with like lace. <laughs> lace, perfect. We're yeah, talking exactly. lace this week. Sophomores and rookies. <laughs> we are enough of the way into the season to have some real ideas about the rooks, so we wanted to talk about the sophomores as well and see what's up with both classes. Um, the most alarming disparity I can see is that I think last draft class has basically like right around 20 dudes that are real NBA players, at least so far. And this one, 2019, does not. Mm-hmm. There's your Full sexy thing. tagline right there. The 2018 draft class was better than the 2019 draft class. Yeah, yes or no. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, so you said you got about like 19 players from the 2018 class that you're saying are definite NBA players. Yeah. And I think it could even be more than that. Um, especially with some of the young Pistons like Bruce Brown, uh, who are thrust into more minutes than perhaps they should be playing just because of the desperation of the teams involved. So I'm not really going to count those dudes because there's plenty of other ones that we can talk about instead. So why don't we, do you have this list in front? Like, do you have, are there tiers in in your mind as to kind of guys, like maybe the bottom 10, the top 10, and maybe we can work our way through, through this list, try to bring a little order and organization to, uh, to the chaos that is the mind of Natty Wallach. Oh, well, it's an ordered chaos, but I appreciate, (laughs) see that sexy right there. Yeah. Everybody likes the bad boy. Right. Exactly. Who doesn't want? a chaotic mind on their hands. What's he doing? Gosh, it's so disordered. (laughs) Speaking of disorder, let's talk about NBA drafts. Nice. Hey, nice. You could just take the job right from under me. 
Oh, of course I cannot. God <laughs> damn that. Take that out of your mouth. How dare you? Oh, come on. Let's talk about the first three picks in both drafts. Last year's and, well, 2018's and 2019's. 2018, the first three picks were DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley the third, and then Trey Young slash Luka Doncic. Uh, Atlanta traded with Dallas, obviously, and ended up with Ice Trey at three. In 2019, the first three picks were Zion, not bad. John Morant, not bad. And then R.J. Barrett, who I like and had a really great game against Houston. Um, But I think both top threes, it's two sure things and then maybes. And I think that's pretty good for a top three, especially two years in a row. Like Zion and, and Ja are stars. Yeah. And, and Trey and Luca are definitely are definite stars. Yeah. And then um, Deandre Ayton is playing like a star since he uh, got the rust off. Like since the first of the year, he's a top 30 player. In yeah. Talk to, talk to me about really, Deandre really Ayton well. because I know coming out tomorrow on fake teams, uh, you have an article about Deandre Ayton basically talking about because of those names that we just listed, obviously this, you know, Zion and jaw, they're the hype of this rookie class. Everyone's digging them. Trey and Luca have been in so many headlines and and have made such an impact on the NBA already that it feels like they're seasoned veterans and that it's preposterous to think that this is actually just their second year in the league. But DeAndre Ayton is the number one pick from last year and feels like was a surefire guy. Like was it wasn't a shock that he went number one to the Suns, but he feels like a guy forgotten. Uh, so so talk to us about DeAndre Ayton. Remind us how good Ayton actually can be and the fact that the Suns were maybe not right because when you have a chance to get Luca, you get Luca. But but certainly the Ayton pick isn't reprehensible. Yeah. If Ayton can turn into what Phoenix was hoping, which is a 20 and 10 guy and, uh, you know, a dominant defensive anchor, then great. That means that the top five in the 2018 class are all pretty good. I mean, Marvin Bagley, it's who can say, you know, it's there's been too much up and ups and downs and Sacramento remains just crazy. But uh, 3J, Jaron Jackson Jr. was the fourth pick, and then you swap Trey and Luca. I mean, that's a good top five. Mm-hmm. Andre Ayton, I mean, Phoenix chose him because he was a local kid. Obviously, they should have chosen Luka Doncic, as you and I were screaming to the heavens beforehand. But let's not think about it. Let's just talk about Let's just move on. Uh, Accept it as reality and take a big, brief step forward. So DeAndre played the first game of the season and then got suspended for 25 games. When he came back, he was a little bit rusty, but uh, since in the new year, let's just talk about 2020, he's basically averaging 19 points per game and 11.9 rebounds or yeah, 11.9 rebounds per game as a sophomore. That would put him in the company of a bunch of really nice people. Here are the other sophomores who have done that. 19 points per game and basically 12 rebounds per game. Charles Barkley, Spencer Haywood, Jerry Lucas, Neil Johnson, Bailey Howell, Big Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, 
The Admiral, David Robinson, Bob Pettit, Bob Lanier, Elvin Hayes, Walt Bellamy, Shaq, Elgin Baylor, Bob McAdoo, Oscar Robertson, Kareem, and Wilt. That's the whole list. Pretty good list. That's a pretty <laughs> good goddamn list. Um, anyone who can score 20 points is valuable. And really anyone who can grab 10 rebounds, uh, so long as they're scoring at least 10 points a game, is going to be valuable. He looks like what Phoenix wanted. He's better in every way. Uh, his defense has improved. Yeah. And uh, Phoenix, over the past like 10 games, I think they're you know like a top 10 defense which has something to do with the schedule, but is also indicative of the fact that they're getting better. People are playing better. They're learning. DeAndre Ayton looks like a real basketball player. He looks like a guy that sort of in any other year would have been totally fine as the number one pick. We are always going to remember him as the guy picked before Luca and before Trey Young. But if he keeps doing this for a couple of years, scoring 20 and 10, then we're that argument will lessen. I mean, it will always be there because the other two guys are just, you'd rather have them. Right. Um, like if, if, know, if, if Aiton went three overall in this year's class, Pete, I feel like we'd be like, yeah, perfect. He, I feel like he would be getting the maybe more respect and attention than obviously he missed the first part of the season because he was suspended. And we talked about that, but just because of the fact that, you're right. There's always this shadow. He was the number one pick Luca and Trey who, who made this just absurd. Like I, I do think we should recognize and, and comment on the fact that the jump that both those two players have made in their sophomore season is not normal. I mean, Luca was a perennial MVP pick for the first half of the season. And Trey young has suddenly become one of the best offensive players in the league. Um, and so, but with, if Aiton, if you had replaced RJ Barrett with DeAndre Aiton as that third pick, I feel people would be like, yep, Zion was one. Yep, Jaw was two. And Aiton was a great three for, for that team. I completely agree. And I think if he had been chosen third overall after Luca and Trey last sure. year or two years ago, rather, then that would make sense too. He's, DeAndre Ayton's coming into the league at a strange time for centers, you know, like, can they survive in a traditional sense? Um, ever since Houston went small, things have looked kind of tough for Rudy Gobert and the traditional Utah jazz. There's an argument to be made that centers have to evolve quicker than anybody else. Otherwise they're just going to get involved right out of the league. Right. DeAndre has been making some threes um, and so long as a big man isn't hurt and can play and is improving in his defense, then that's a valuable resource. It's not the most valuable resource. I still don't think that you should take someone like that with the number one pick, uh, especially when elite wings are available. Mm. But, you know, if it works out, then that's going to be a bonus for the most important part of Phoenix, which is Devin Booker. Devin Booker did need someone on the inside. And when Phoenix was without DeAndre Aiden, they got out to that really quick start. And it was because you had a center who could pull defense out and let Devin Booker just drive in. Right. And they Aaron looked Bain, great. Aaron Bain was that perimeter, had enough of a three-point shoot. I mean, he was shooting lights out to start the season, but on a career was enough of a three-point shooting threat that defenses had to take him seriously. 
And if Aiden can get even a little bit of that, then it will help immensely. Sure, but just shoot 30%, main... and, and that's at least something yeah. you need to worry about. And, you know, he's super young, as is almost everybody else on the team, except for Ricky <laughs> Rubio. Everyone in, we feel like we talk about in this league. Yeah, I know. We could have, like, a CP3 discussion and just, <laughs> you know, sip he's Earl Grey super tea. young. Yeah. Yeah, we can read excerpts from Mill on the Floss and, you know, listen to <laughs> seriously <laughs> terrible jazz from the 40s. Um, he, getting back to DeAndre Ayton, he's a guy that we should all believe in because he does have high pedigree. Like, it's not mm. like Phoenix chose a dude that was 15th on people's draft lists. You know, he was a consensus top five pick. Yeah. Um, and I'd say even consensus top three. I mean, I, I sure I feel like no one people Luca people thought was going to be very good, but he had the European superstition about him. I feel like Trey, no one thought Trey was going to be this freakishly talented. I think they knew that he was an elite three point shooter, but that was kind of what I feel like his thought was his ceiling. Um, and then, and I felt like Aiton was the guy who everyone's like, yeah, the NBA is changing away from your traditional center. But if it ever swings back that way, slash, he is good enough that he can still be like, still make an impact on the court, obviously. And before the season, we talked about it. We, we said that if Aiton is himself, he's just going to fall into 20 and 10. Right. And that's exactly what is happening. It's, you know, it has to do with how Phoenix wants to play, but it also has to do with just the opportunity. He's a big man on that team. And when you have Devin Booker, you should be able to get some easy buckets. Um, It's, it's nice to see. Like I sort of feel like DeAndre Aiden and Markel Fultz, we're both sort of forgotten mm-hmm. in the first mm-hmm. half of the mm-hmm. season. And it's yeah. really nice to see them both improving and doing well. Do you think Aiton, his uh, ascension or just, or just his production, is it too late to buy low on him in fantasy? Do you think in dynasty leagues or just, or in redraft leagues that he's going to be too much of a prize commodity now, given how he's rebounded uh, both actually, and also from the suspension and back into the league? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to miss. 20 and 10 that kind of production makes you a top 20 player in fantasy and i believe he's been a top 15 player on espn basic over the past month um so i i I do think that it will cost a lot to trade for him but if you had him and someone was offering a really nice package i would seriously consider it but that's just because of you know, big man bigotry. Sure. Like, you know, anything could happen at any time. I'd rather have two really solid wings, maybe, or whatever, depending on the construction of your team. Um, but honestly, if I had drafted him originally, I don't think I'd trade him for much of anything unless it was like one of the players we're talking about right now. Right, unless it's a godfather offer. No, I mean, if you draft him originally, you're on cloud nine right now because yeah. you've invested this much time into him and now he's like oh this is the exact player who I was thought I was getting and you're also if you're the guy who drafted him in a dynasty league and then traded him at the end of his rookie year or early in this season because of the suspension you're kicking yourself hard and not for nothing but guys that can get over 10 points and over 10 rebounds are pretty rare i've heard and- double doubles are pretty good and tough to get yeah, absolutely. And it's weird to think 
that rebounds are being democratized because of the way the NBA is right. beginning to play, like along with assists. Um, and we just sort of maybe lost a dominant traditional center with Drummond because who knows if he's injured in Cleveland, who knows how they're going to play. Like he'll have a big game every couple of games, but he'll have super duds too. Like no one really knows what the plan is there or how healthy he is. Um, so Aiton might be even more rare than he was just a couple of weeks ago before the trade deadline. Yeah. I, you know, he's, <laughs> he, he looks like a guy that is going to be an unsexy, but extremely solid pick in fantasy drafts going forward. And, you know, he's a baby. He's yeah. a soft. Yeah. He is, uh, you know, he didn't miss time this year due to injury. He was suspended. So, like, we shouldn't consider him. Um, Which means you know, he's actually stronger than the traditional NBA player. Yeah. I mean, I do think that, like, he's, his first cheated to back, enhance it was himself. Like, <laughs> and and is not injured he didn't you know he got that rest and he's stronger because of the you know drugs he was using and now he's ready to take this league by storm well if anyone knows anything about cheating it's a boston sports hey, aficionado all i'm so saying nice job by you. is we have a lot <laughs> like of i can smell cheating i know what <laughs> cheating looks like Cheat to win. Uh, what other sophomores <laughs> or rookies are are particularly you want to touch on from your 19? Okay. So we went over the first three. By the way, Trey Young is number five on the ESPN player rater for the year. So that's so he's good. good. He's decent. Yeah. Um, RJ Barrett, it's too young. It, it's too soon to tell, but I don't think he's going to be the rookie of the year like I said that he would be. <laughs> <laughs> So for the 2019 draft, for the rest of the rookies, I really only have like a handful of names. Uh, Darius Garland went fifth. He's super young and has looked super bad at times, but I still think that there's talent there. Kobe White, basically the same thing. He's been a top 60 player over the past month. Uh, PJ Washington, who I absolutely adore, is a top 150 player in the flaming start this season. He's he was fucking this, fantastic. Yeah. You can just see how a couple of years and a couple more pounds of muscle on him. He's going to be absolutely dynamite. I like well, he's go- he's going to be the epitome of the you know this league now wing slash forward pl- player. Yeah, I mean their front court is going to be just extremely switchable. It's you know people are sort of trying to look like the Celtics now, I think where you have sort of like front court wings, like right. guys that can defend up a level um, or a guy that can defend every level, like Marcus smart, who is back tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and those kinds of players are just, and everyone has long arms, obviously uh, those kinds of players are just the ones that are the most valuable right now because they can go fast and they can score in transition and they can rebound and they can pass, you know, everybody's trying to look like LeBron and they have been since he came into the league. And now we're finally starting to sort of see it. These right. huge dudes. Who, I mean, it's still crazy that Zion can move as quickly as he does. He is oh, it's preposterous. Fucking enormous. Doesn't make sense. So anyway, PJ Washington, uh, who is a top 150 player on the year. Matisse Seibel is a real player, in my opinion. Um, You know, I'm hoping the scoring will come. And this is a strange year to be a young guy in Philadelphia. So I'm not going to blame him too much. Yeah, that's fair. 
Uh, Brandon Clark on Memphis has been a top 100 player on the year. I like yep. him a lot. Yep. He was chosen Wish 21st. The Celtics had gotten him, but yeah, he looks really, really good. Um, at, Matisse Tybel went right before him at 20, and I think the Celtics wanted him too. <sighs> and then, yo, Kendrick Nunn, who's a top 100 player on the year, went undrafted. Yeah. So, I mean, those are there are some other players that I'm intrigued by. Um, both of the rookies in Atlanta, uh, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, they've looked okay at times. I haven't been super impressed with them. Uh, since the new year started, they're both scoring 12 points per game. I mean, they're doing better. They're learning. It's just they feel like, you know, regular rookies. Like they're not, you know, Luca. Right, 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 right. They're not coming, stepping in and immediately having a game changing or franchise changing. And I mean, that's a very rare thing to say, but I would say that they're not even on like RJ Barrett's level. Yeah. I don't think that they'll get max contracts when their rookie contracts are up, but I do think that eventually like later in their twenties, they will be totally solid rotation players if they can continue to improve. Yeah. Um, Also that team, you know, there are a lot of mouths to feed in Atlanta. There's Ice Trey. There's John Collins, who has been absolutely fucking sensational. Shaboy, um, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, he's just fantastic. In the new year, he's averaging 22 points and 10.1 rebounds. That's pretty good. Um, you know, Kevin Herter is there. There's, uh, there's a lot of people on that team that sort of need to be able to have the ball. And then there's two rookies. Um, so... I, and I, I don't even know if they'll keep both of them in the offseason. I sort of feel like they'll combine one and make a trade. But anyway, that's sort of, you know, everybody's really young, and there were a bunch of really good ro- rookies from two years ago. So it sort of makes sense that there's a ton of sophomores that are sort of crowding the scene. Yeah. Was there uh, anyone else from 2019 that you could think of? No, no. I think that's that's a good... Uh, a good list. I mean, there's obviously I could talk my Celtics guys, but neither none of them have yeah. made such an impact to the point where you're like fully. Locked I mean, I like, them. yeah, I like Time Lord. I really hope that he does well. But you know, has he really done enough to prove that he's no. an actual rotate? Yeah. So no, I mean, he's 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 well laid. But I'm taking like Grant Williams or Romeo Langford. Like those are guys. Grant Williams has shown a little bit, but they haven't quite made impacts enough to the point where where we're going to be talking about sure admiral schofield hasn't played enough in dc (laughs) (laughs) yep yep um all right we're going to take a quick ad break but when we come back i have natty talk about sexy headlines that'll get the people clicking i got a question for you uh which we'll answer when we get back from this ad break get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. All right, we are back. And as I alluded to, talk about sexy. Uh, Natty, we're talking rookies. We're talking sophomores. We're looking 2016, 2018. Feels like the sexy natural question. You are an NBA GM for the Seattle Supersonics. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give them a team. Basically again. about as far away from Detroit as you can get in the Exactly. Well, United I figured States. if we if we put you in charge of the Pistons, you'd probably spend the first couple hours as GM just weeping over the current team that you've taken over and you're unsure as to what your next steps are going to be. So we'll start you with a completely blank slate. Give Seattle the team. Uh <laughs> we're getting off track from my super sexy question. <laughs> the two headliners from the last two drafts. Who would you rather have, Zion or Luca? I hate this question. I love this question. <laughs> this is like, if you ever want to ruin a dinner party, like everyone's sat down to eat and there's just sort of a pause and, you know, you have that devil on your shoulder and you're like, man, I could really throw a stink bomb right in the middle of this. You can ask people, who would you save if you could, Tupac or Biggie? And it just ruins the night. <laughs> and that's what this is, too. This is, is because this, is as, this what your family is? This, this is a real breaking point for your family at family dinner. Oh, no. I just your heard family this from just friends. Like split yeah. between, between Biggie and Tupac. I'm, I, I, I heard this on the subway. I, I would never do something like that. That's terrible. <laughs> your, your uncle Dan is just like, I swear to God, if anyone picks Tupac, they're not a part of the family. And then your mom's <laughs> like, oh, fuck you. Biggie is the one to be. It just doesn't end well because the person that asked the question would be like, no, you have to choose. But the person that asked the question is obviously going to deflect when people ask them. You're like, oh, no, I've no, got no, I you. I've you got I already know. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then you just let everybody go to pieces. It's better than talking politics because, you know, <laughs> it's funny rather than terrifying. Because <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful hypothetical that – you you know if you if there's an actual answer it doesn't uh, threaten the existence of all humanity fact so luca versus zion would have to come down to i mean like there's all these technicalities you could choose like you know zion's really heavy or you know luca doesn't really seem to have his conditioning and uh, the kind of construction that Luca's on in terms of team allows him to be a bigger star than Zion does when there's like 78 other really good players on that team. I think it would come down to who do you like watching more? And it's hard not to say Zion, even though Luca is fucking amazing. Luca is so smooth. Like Luca is the sexy pick. Yes. Zion, though, is a fucking force of nature. And it like when he dunks, it's just absolutely nuts. It is very Charles Barkley. It is very just, you know, the third year of LeBron's career when he really like turned into a man all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You were like, oh shit, he's just gonna go to the Eastern Conference Finals every year. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um I if I were the GM though, who can who is the best player to pick? to help me win in the long term, I think you have to go with Luca because of the distribution. Like he can run your team. I think it would be more difficult to run a team's offense through Zion 
with him as the ultimate fulcrum. Like, I think Zion needs a good point guard in order to succeed. Whereas with Luca, I think you give him anything and he'll be able to figure it out. He's that smart. I agree. I I think that is true. The two things I would say. So my pick is Zion. Uh, if I'm the GM of the Seattle Supersonics, not that I need this. If the Sonics ever get it, or if Seattle ever gets a team again, I don't think you're going to, it's not going to be a risk of trying to get butts and seats, but Zion, I think puts more butts and seats than Luca does because of his ferocious dunking. And that's still just carrying so much weight uh, in terms of just, you know, basketball entertainment. Uh the I other- would disagree with you just real fast. Oh. Zion gets people out of their seats. Oh, okay. He gets butts out. Like everyone jumps up when he oh, slams down. It is in cra- absolutely. It but he's like you can hear him dunk. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, it's he's like when he is he is the closest pl- like he is a player whom if they never got created breakaway rims, he would be breaking backboards consistently he's awesome that game against the lakers was so goddamn fucking cool it was uh, just amazing and we're gonna get at least a few more years of that with oh and we're going to we're gonna get this as the one eight matchup in the west it's gonna happen yeah a bunch of spots are saying that they're uh that the pellies have the best chances even though they're down um but but the other thing (laughs) i feel so bad that everyone's like man yeah fuck man Memphis. Well, Memphis <laughs> Memphis has a lot to be excited about, but they're just not as exciting as they could be. Not as exciting. Plus, there's just but so many here, good storylines to have Pelicans versus Lakers. Sure, but like Memphis, in we don't talk about the Pelicans like, oh, it would be awesome for Drew Holiday to make the playoffs, or it would be awesome for J.J. Redick to keep his streak alive. We're only talking about Zion. You know, like it's, we just yeah. want to see him play LeBron. Like it doesn't well, even matter what see, the context we, is. I, lo- I love to see Brandon Ingram and Lonzo get some sweet, sweet revenge on, on the Lakers. There's, uh, oh, I mean, what what percentage chance do they have of Oh, oh zero, zero, zero. But okay. they're getting two games. I've already, uh, I'm dying on that hill. They're going to make the eighth seed and they're going to get two games against the Lakers. It's going to be four two game series. Uh, but I want to finish my thing on wow. Zion because I do think that Zion, I think his passing has been a surprising part sure. of his game. Uh, and I agree with you. Yes, he's nowhere near the level of Luka in terms of running and facilitating an offense. But I do think that that is something that if you really put a lot of time and invested in, he could become a Jokic kind of player. Uh, sure. For Yeah, I mean, hopefully he does. Right. Hopefully he turns into LeBron. Jesus. I mean, that would be gorgeous. Uh, but so I just think, I think that Zion has all of the raw tools to basically be great at everything. Right. And yeah, it's the LeBron comparison where he's, I mean, he's not shooting a lot, but he's shooting 42% from three right now. Uh, he's shooting less than one a game. So it's not, you know, Dude, he doesn't need to, he just backs people down in the post. Which exactly. Is, exactly. Just, which he's like is, doing what Rudy Gobert should have been doing during those Houston. And games. the thing is, and the thing is, is that like in crunch time, if I need to get a bucket, Zion just is so 
so goddamn big and physical. I feel like he has he has a little bit of the Marcus Smart in him where a big play needs to happen and somehow Zion finds a way to make it happen. By the way, Marcus Smart just made a 28-foot three-point jumper. Jesus Christ. I mean, I love you, Marcus, but that is the most Marcus shot of all time. It's great. Was They're it on, was it just on a pull up? Brooklyn, by Did the he way. just <laughs> nice? Was it just on a breakaway? Yeah, like fast break. One just, second was off the play clock. <laughs> fuck yes. Never changed, Marcus. Never He's fucking changed. Uh, um, I would say to your point that yeah. it takes time and effort and reps uh, to get better at being like a main ball distributor. Yes, and that's another argument in Luca's for Luca's case because he's been doing that. Sure. He's been playing in Europe. Like he well, does he's been the ball distributor right for for fucking he I mean, has he's been sort of like thirteen years old. Yeah, right. He has a head start on Zion yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, and he's also been playing against, you know, like men professionally in Europe. So uh even though Zion looks overpowering, Luca still came into the league with a little bit more uh know-how. Like his he started off, I think, a rung higher just because there was less that he needed to do to acclimate and Zion looked great right away, obviously. Yeah. But he's going to look even better as he goes along. And I sort of wonder, and I can't hate, I really hate myself for this, but it's like, what if Zion just had his own team? (laughs) You know, like what if it, (laughs) what if it was just scrubs and they were like, yeah, well we're building around because even though it's awesome and I can't, I hope that Ingram and Zion are together for 10 years because I think that tandem could really do something special, but Luca got his own team, you know? Yeah. Yeah, But Luca also has Perzingis. I mean, yes, the team is not to begin with. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, But you're right. The team is undeniably Luca's team. And that partially because of the fact that he's the primary facilitator and because he's, you know, the best player on that team. And it doesn't feel quite yet that, and there might be a power struggle if like, whether or not Zion is a, if, if the Pelicans officially become Zion's team. Like, I think we, when you look at them, he's the player you always tune in to watch. But if the game comes down to crunch minutes, I feel like it's going to be in Ingram's hand at currently as the roster is constructed. Yeah, dude. Sure. Zion is five minutes old and hasn't played any basketball. And Brandon Ingram has been here a minute, you know, like there's, there's so much potential in Zion that we think about him and we talk about him sort of in terms of like a five-year pro. Yeah. And he also totally. just sort of looks that way. Oh, like I he's mean, back yeah. and dudes down in the post. It's amazing. It's so he's cool to watch. Big motherfucker. Oh, dude, low post offense. That is awesome. Bring it back. Let's do it. Um, But it's also really important to remember that he – will need an outside shot in order to truly yes. be an effective player. Yes. Like he, we all assume that he, that he'll, his trajectory will continue to go sky high and that all facets of his game will improve and they should, Right. but not all progress is linear as we keep saying. So um, he's, uh, you know, it's one a and one B and it's really just tied for one Luca and Zion. I mean, like, he and Zion will probably be the captains of the all-star team in five years the and they'll be the ones fucking yeah. Yeah. Like as soon as Giannis sort of ages out of it, like they'll be the next ones. Um, and 
even though it would be fucking bitching to watch them play together, <laughs> I doubt we ever see them on the same team outside of an all-star game. Like, it would be weird if they hooked up. Maybe oh, there's not. no way. There's no way. Okay, who who's most likely? Because it, it would only come with one of those guys saying, like, I'm forcing my way out, right? There's no way either of those guys are ever going to hit free agency unless you unless you know god forbid you're having some sort of catastrophic catastrophic injury that they have to like recuperate from and maybe that lets them hit free agency but it seems like it's coming uh it's coming from zion or luca being like hey you need to trade me and i want to go to play with the other one yeah like what anthony davis just did Right. Trade me to another Western team, a main competitor of yours. <laughs> Trade me to the league. And yeah, so I mean, obviously it could happen. That but that was okay. I, I, I would think that's sort of a unique case. Like how many LeBrons are out there? You know, well, I just, just I mean, one. all I'm gonna say, and this will be the last thing we touch on, and, and then then we can move to maybe some studs and duds for the week. But I just I feel like the most likely scenario is just that you're going to have Zion and Luca in the next two-ish years. They're not going to be making the, you know, play deep into the playoffs. They're going to keep getting knocked off in the first round. They're going to be like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. We want to not only play together, but we want to play for a team that has the pieces to really get us to a championship. And they're going to want to play with the best player in the NBA at that point. And so they're just going to force their way to the Celtics and play with Tatum. I mean, that's what we know <laughs> is going to happen is we know it's going to be Luca Tatum and Zion just taking over this league. And they're going to put a run against Bill Russell for his 13 championships. And, and Tice, obviously. And, and like, Tice. He, well, he's Tice the reason he's, he's the going to be the catalyst. The drink. Exactly. <laughs> like Luca and Zion are like, we, we, it would be fun to play with Tatum, the perennial MVP, best player in the NBA, but Daniel fucking Tice. You only get, there's only one life and you only get one chance of playing with Daniel fucking Tice and we're going to take that opportunity. YOLO, just get there. I just, mean, just, you'll never lose again. Right. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that, that's the magic of Tice is, is he's perfect. Yo, the Pelicans somehow beat the Lakers in the first round. Oh my God. Do you think LeBron would have a moment where he'd be like, shit, maybe oh I should force myself to New Orleans? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Anthony Davis didn't do, do much know? to help me. Oh, it would be huge. Imagine, it would be. Oh, my God. The, the world like, would melt. The world would explode. Like, it might go down as the most important first-round series of all time. Like, like I think I think first, first take would just cease to exist. Yeah, people wouldn't know what to do. And then I think the Pelicans would probably like lose really hard in the next round. Oh, the Pelicans would just get absolutely whopped. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no way they would push. Right. That would be so funny. That would be. Um, Because in a weird way, the Pelicans like with Derek favors, I mean, they're sort of just as big up front as the Lakers are, but they have better guards. (laughs) So it's like one team has LeBron. Are we doing this right now? No, we we shouldn't. And JJ Reddick is hurt. I think like, like they're not even in the playoffs. Oh, poor Memphis. Jesus. Like what uh, if Memphis beat LeBron? What yeah, if right. Memphis. What if they did, man? What, what if, if they did? Power to you if they did. Uh, uh, before some... we move on to studs oh, yeah, and duds, though, I just did want to mention we mentioned uh, Kendrick Nunn as an undrafted free agent from yes, 2019's draft. Duncan Robinson 
mm. who is your boy. You are top... you are on the Duncan Robinson train. Well, go blue. I mean, you know, I like if I wasn't no a Michigan fan, I might not know who he is. But he's a top 100 player on the year, and he was undrafted as well. So um, even though drafts seem thin, if the right player gets picked up by the right team, they can turn into a star. Totally. <laughs> uh, we got a stud for the week, a dud for the week, someone who's going to be great, someone who's going to be bad in fantasy for the rest of the week, Wednesday on. Uh, we keep track of these things. Natty, currently 12 and 8. Not bad. I okay, am a consistent okay. 500, 10 and 10, but I'm in that double nice. digits. Double, double. Double, double. So I'm coming for you. Uh, yeah, Natty, who's your stud for this week? Okay, my stud for the week, and I kind of hate doing this. Yes. For multiple reasons. It's but Derek Rose. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he's injured and will be out for the next two weeks. Oh, and good. And might shut him down for the season because... He's Derek Rose. Good thing you traded him for max value. Dude, I just, there are some (laughs) days I can't. I just wake up and I'm like, we didn't trade that son of a bitch. We traded drum, but for nothing, even though Brandon Knight's back on the team and he hasn't been terrible, actually. I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about a good player on the Pistons. Okay, so the Pistons are going up against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Utah Jazz, and the New York Knicks for the rest of the week. And I know people joke about the New York Knicks, but they have good interior presence and they just beat the fucking Rockets. And that was an awesome game. That was just incredible. That was, it was strangely one of the best games of the season, even though it was pretty ugly. And And it beautifully doesn't mean you need to apologize to the Rockets for saying that their uh, trading way center was a dumb play. Right. I mean, they lost it on, uh, on rebounds and they just couldn't get shots when they needed to, which has been their downfall every playoff, you know, like some years they make 27 threes in a row and some years they don't make any and that kind of high variance. That's why you want a big man who can just get you a bucket sometimes, but whatever it's worked on everyone, but the Knicks. So maybe we should just say that it will work in the playoffs too, since that is the opposite of the Knicks. Anyway, Christian Wood. Since February 3rd, he is averaging 20-plus points per game, 9-plus rebounds per game, 1-plus block per game, one-and-a-half three-pointers made on 38% shooting from three. He good. He good. he's on a bad team. So Christian Wood is my stud for the week. I know it's a tough schedule. Like the Thunder, the Jazz, and the Knicks, that's three real centers. That's Steven Adams, that's Rudy Gobert, and that's Mitch Robb. Um, but I think that Christian Wood is sort of one of the only dudes left on the Pistons, and uh, he has played well against other teams with pretty nice front courts. So I'm, um, you know, a wish and a prayer. Let's go Pistons. Let's go Christian Wood. I like it, uh, and I am obviously a fan of it because he's on my uh, fantasy in my my Fuck dynasty. Yeah, league. there so. you go. I am all here for speaking a, a good week into existence for him, and I'm going to speak a good week into existence for another player on my team who we talked about, John Collins for the Atlanta Hawks. Yes. The Hawks play mm-hmm. the Wizards and the Grizzlies this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Need I say more? He looks great. He, he looks great. Look great. That team, I can't really tell if their trade deadline moves like help we'll pay all off. that much. Yeah. Yeah, it just sort of seems like they changed things, but I don't know if those things would have happened anyway. 
But it's also looking, I mean, I think those deadlines moves felt like more kind of like, we're thinking maybe a little to the future. Um, yeah. Getting Clint Capella and those guys. But and no. to satisfy Ice Dre. Right, exactly. Um, and then my stud for uh, my dud for the week, excuse me, dud for the week, Chris Middleton is coming off of a neck injury. He's cleared to play. Mm. He played against, um, played against Miami, only got you, he scored 12 points um, and had seven rebounds, but only got you seven fantasy points on ESPN. And the rest of the week, he is taking on, let's look at their schedule, Pacers, Lakers, and Suns. Uh, that's a little tough. Which is which is a tough a tough lineup to go against, and so I think he is going to uh, take a little time to come back from his injury. I will say this: I feel like when I doubt Chris Middleton, he proves me. It's wrong. exactly when right. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like this whole season has been about him basically giving me a middle finger for saying that Brogdon was better, and <laughs> I would rather have had Brogdon than which is, Chris Middleton. Which is exactly even though Brogdon's true. been great. Like we know great. we know that Chris Middleton listens to the podcast and has has been playing with a vengeance to prove Natty wrong. He's the one guy that follows us. Like yes. everybody else, you know, <laughs> they read us, but he follows. But he us. knows he knows what's going on. The Bucks are still on pace to win seventy win seventy games. They're, uh, I, I mean, Chris Middleton. If Giannis wasn't on that team and Chris Middleton was playing this way, everyone would know his name. You know. Yeah. Yep. Who's your dad? So my dud, okay, I have two. I can't choose. I I mean, I want to say P.J. Tucker because he's going up against the Clippers, the Hornets, and Orlando. And I sort of feel like that's going to be really, really, really tough tough for him. Yeah, it's a tough tough group of games to play against. And it's not like he delivers a lot. I mean, he delivers peripheral fantasy stats. But, I mean, those – that. That's going to be three pretty tough games, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they'll also be a little bit slower. So I think that his opportunities will be even fewer. And you know what? That's who I'm going with. Because, yeah, I I just <laughs> really don't. He's going to get so beat up. You know, like watching that Knicks game really brought it home to me. Is that yeah. like if P.J. Tucker can't be out on the court, then that's a serious problem for Houston. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Houston thing, when it works, it works super well. It obviously worked against the Celtics twice. Uh, but when it does, it's just, it's just a matter of in a seven game series with PJ Tucker, with Robert Covington, with those guys just taking the hits and maybe Rob Cobb, maybe like that, maybe the power forward center role was like what he was meant to play because he's been thriving there, but eventually some defensive assignments last night like it's still these guys are still playing out of position totally you know uh but when you when you bang with the big guys for too long the banging yeah it's tough and also there if you're usually when you're being required to play elite defense it's because you're not being asked to put as much effort into the other end of the court so you know robert covington is awesome. Big Bob Covington, everybody loves him. And I still think that that was a great trade for them. And they still do have Tyson Chandler. And I would imagine if he's any kind of game ready that he'll actually play in the playoffs just Mm -hmm. for at least like five minutes, but whatever, let's not talk about them. Fuck them. Let's talk about Carmelo real fast (laughs) because he's the other guy that I considered for my studs, but I thought that we would just do it as a, you know, just just generally we are in support of Carmelo. Who's hell. Yeah. 
incredible basketball recently. Totally. And I think that Dane coming back is actually going to help him. Yes. Like, I think he's going to walk into more open shots. I think his efficiency will go up. He's He's been doing really well. Um, and the Blazers go up against the Wizards, the Suns, and the Kings. I think all three of those are winnable games for Portland. And I think that Carmelo is going to just look like a really good, useful piece uh, next to Portland's incredible backcourt now that the maestro is back. And can so we also I love just, Carmelo. Can we take a moment to give the man some love for coming out of free agency, coming off of a season last year checkered with all kinds of issues that weren't really his fault, basically was pushed out of the NBA, mm-hmm. comes back, playing 32 minutes a game, averaging 15 points, 6.5 rebounds, one and a half assists, making almost one and a half threes a game. Like, good on you. Good on you to come back and play 30 plus minutes a game and show who's good. Absolutely. He was always a useful player. It's his defense is what it is and it always has been. But Melo has always been a useful player who can score for you. And I bet a bunch of teams out there would are sort of kicking themselves because Portland got him for nothing. So, I mean, there's already been like rumors. Oh, the Knicks might want to bring him back. Oh, you're like, hell give me a, yes. When I, the Knicks Jesus. give him a max contract to bring him back this year, I, this off season, James Dolan, you have outdone yourself. <laughs> it's like, if, if he does come back to New York, first of all, it'll be sort of sad. I kind of like him in Portland. I like him with that backcourt. Uh, and second of all, if he does come back here, he will immediately get in the way of Kevin Knox and RJ Barrett. So it Perfect. doesn't even make any sense. It writes itself. <laughs> it's per- it's too good. Oh, God. Anyway, go mellow forever. Love Amen. you. Amen. Amen. Uh, and with that, we will sign off and say we love you dear listeners make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast uh fake teams podcast channels what we're under so search for that in itunes spotify stitcher we are there we come out weekly so make sure to subscribe uh follow us on twitter at the long two podcast and we will be back at you next week until then nadia enjoy yourself have a great week bud <laughs> <laughs>